Now let me ask you, what are you afraid of? A better question would be, how do you respond to fear? How you respond to your fear is what determines how much power it will have over you. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You want to know really why you don't have to be afraid? Because God loves you. And nothing you are facing and nothing you will ever face can stop. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here at Next Level Church. My name is Joseph McMurray. I'm the teaching pastor here at Next Level, and we are in week four of a series that we're calling Fearless. You may or may not know about me that serving at Next Level Church is not the only thing that I do to earn a living. I'm thankful that I get to serve at Next Level, but I'm also thankful that the majority of my time is spent out there like you, interacting with the world and working to provide for my family. When I was fresh out of college, I spent a short time in sales, and I'm talking road warrior sales, running the wheels off of a vehicle, meeting with clients all over Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. After that, I spent 12 years in full-time ministry to the point of total burnout, followed by three years of corporate cubicle life. And during that season, that three years of corporate cubicle life, something began to stir in me that said, you need to start your own business. I enjoyed the company that I was working for, but the cubicle for me began to feel like a cage, and the phone system that I was tied to began to feel like a leash, and more and more, I just desperately longed for freedom and flexibility in my schedule that I just didn't have when I was punching a clock and working for someone else. In order to obtain that freedom and flexibility, I had to be willing to take a risk, a pretty big risk, a pretty big risk, if I'm honest, because at that point, I basically had no money in the bank. I had no experience in starting a business. I, I had no credibility in the sector of business that I was interested in. I had, still have, a, a wife and four kids to take care of. And yet all I wanted to do was quit my decent paying job with a steady paycheck, health benefits and, and insurance. And I wanted to be my own boss, set my own schedule, make my own way. When I first brought this idea up to my wife, Lisa, she responded with exactly what we are talking about in this message series, <laughs> fear. And rightfully so. There is security in a W-2 paycheck and benefits. It's, it's really scary to think about walking away from that, not knowing if I would succeed or fail, there are 
a lot of mouths around my table that need food and a lot of feet on my floor that need shoes. But on February 1st, 2019, I woke up voluntarily unemployed, confident about the future, but also wrestling with this monster called fear. Fear of failure. Fear of disappointing the people who depend on me. Fear of embarrassing myself if I fail. Fear of compromising my family's safety and security. Fear of burning through what little bit of money I did have and fear of not earning any more. Fear, fear, fear. The question that we've been asking in this series is, is my faith greater than my fears? One of the ideas we've tossed around is that the antidote for fear is trust, specifically trust in God. Now, I certainly don't get this right 100% of the time. I hope you know that when I share messages with you, most often I am preaching to myself. But one thing I've said since I started my business is that I'm going to work like my success depends upon me, and I'm going to pray like my success depends upon God. And God continues to show himself to be faithful. I take every opportunity that is presented, and I'm grateful for each one. But, but here's the reality. Just because I was successful yesterday doesn't mean I'll be successful tomorrow. And as confident as I am in my business and as grateful as I am for every opportunity to serve individuals and families, it would be very easy for me to be paralyzed by fear because there are a gazillion what ifs that could wreck the business I'm in. Ask my wife. This is probably why I can't sit still. I am, I am essentially a hunter gatherer. So if I don't take time to slow down, then I don't have time to be afraid of the gazillion what ifs. I may be a bit of a workaholic, haven't technically been diagnosed, but I will admit here before God and everybody that I am afraid of failure. And I'd be willing to bet that I'm not alone in that fear. Many of us fear failure, don't we? Our fear of failure may not be regarding the same things. We may not all run our own businesses, but I would bet some of us lie awake at night and think, I'm never going to be the husband that my wife wants me to be, or maybe the other way around. I'm never going to um, find a job. I'll never get ahead of these bills. Some of us might think, I'm going to fail my kids just like my parents failed me. Students, you might think, I'm never going to live up to my parents' expectations, or I'm never going to be good enough to be accepted by this group, or that group, or this guy, or this girl. Someone else might think, I'm, I'm never going to get married, or, or I'm always going to be a disappointment to my parents, or, or my spouse, or my employer. Fear of failure 
paralyzes us. And here's what we think. We think that fearing failure will actually prevent it. As though if I'm just scared enough of failing, then I won't fail. But if you remember anything else I say today, don't miss this. Fear of failure doesn't prevent us from failing. It robs us of the joy of living. I'm going to read that again. Fear of failure doesn't prevent us from failing. It robs us of the joy of living. And that's where some of us live right now. Fear of failure has robbed us of the joy of living. It robs us of the joy of our relationship with God. It robs us of the joy of our relationships with others. This morning, I want us to take a look in one of the Old Testament books of history. Pastor Clay um, shared with us some from the book of Exodus in week two of this series. And I want to continue on, in a way, some of that conversation that Pastor Clay started as we look in this Old Testament book of history, Exodus, about a man who was tremendously afraid of failure. God spoke to this man and gave him a divine assignment, a calling. And what we see in his story is that his response to the assignment is just like what many of us feel. His response to this divine assignment shows a fear of failure. You've heard of this man before. His name was Moses. I want to give you a very brief, limited Old Testament history lesson leading up to where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 3, talking about Moses. This, this brief and limited Old Testament history lesson is that Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, who is also known as Israel, was the father of 12 sons, whose families would become the 12 tribes of of Israel. At the end of the book of Genesis, that's the first book in our Bible, Jacob's family has migrated from the land of Canaan in Israel to the land of Egypt due to a severe famine in the land. This family had a connection to Egypt because many years earlier, one of Jacob's sons, Joseph, was sold into slavery by his older brothers. And those brothers told their father that Joseph had been killed, but Joseph ended up in slavery in Egypt and ended up becoming one of the most powerful people in Egypt and ultimately provided a way for all of the family, which would become the nation of Israel, provided a way for all the family to move to Egypt, where they multiplied and became a very large number, the nation of Israel, the Hebrew people. Now, because of this great number of Israelites, the Egyptians were threatened by their presence. Exodus 1 6 says they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. The Egyptians, I'm still giving this history lesson, all right? Y'all hang with me. The Egyptians were threatened by the massive number of Israelites, so Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, devised a plan to keep Israel from overtaking Israel. Egypt. This is not going to be on your screen, but I'm going to read to you Exodus chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. It says, So 
The Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Verse 13, so the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. So the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. It's a violent, ruthless, awful story. You should go read it, Exodus chapter 1. But with that little backdrop of Old Testament history, let's read about Moses in Exodus Chapter 3. And I really want to focus on verses 9 through 12, but I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 just to give us a little bit more context. Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, says this One day Moses was tending the flock of his father in law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. You've probably heard this story of the the burning bush, or at least heard someone allude to a burning bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses thought to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. Again, backdrop. Now let's read Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 9, which says, Look, God said, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. What do we see in Moses' response to God's assignment? It's this. The greatest enemy to faith is fear. Moses was afraid to do what God had asked him to do. Moses was afraid 
and felt as though he was not worthy. Moses was afraid and didn't think he could do what it was that God had assigned to him. Moses was afraid of taking a risk. How about you? Are you afraid of taking a risk? I don't don't know what risk that might be in your life, but it could be that you're fearful of taking a risk. You're fearful of being vulnerable. You're fearful of, of even being honest. You're fearful of allowing someone else to harm you. That's exactly what Moses feared. If we're going to overcome our fear of failure, we need to start by exposing the lies that that the fear of failure is telling us. This morning, I want to share with you three lies that the fear of failure tries to tell us. And the first is this, my failure is final. If we look back at, at verse 11 and find the words, who am I? Moses knew something about himself that he didn't think God knew. God had, God had said, hey, I'm going to set my people free and, and you're going to lead them. Moses, Moses said, who am I to go stand before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead my people out of Egypt? In the back of his mind, this fear was, was telling him that his failure, his previous failure, was final. That he was no longer useful to God because of his failure. Moses knew what happened in chapter 2 of the book of Exodus. Look at this, Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, this is after we read the story of the little baby in the bulrushes and the basket on the river Nile and the princess of Egypt. You can go read that. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. That's what, knows, that's what Moses knows about himself. He knows that there is this episode in his life in which he did something he shouldn't have done. And he buried the evidence. When God approaches Moses 40 years later after this event had happened, Moses can't see God's plan. He can't see God's vision. He sees his own failure. In his mind, he thinks, God, you don't know me. Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? See, after Moses murdered that Egyptian, he ran. He hid in the desert of Horeb, and he worked as a sheep herder for the next 40 years up until he saw that burning bush. Maybe maybe that's where some of you are today. Now, I know you're not literally herding sheep in the deserts of Horeb, but maybe you've settled for a life that is far less than what God has planned for you. And maybe you've settled for this life that's far less than what God has planned for you because it's not risky. There's no fear of failure. You don't really have to trust God because you can just do your thing and go through the motions. And the question you ask yourself is, 
Who am I, God? Who am I that, that you might use me? Even in my place of business, that you might use me to speak love to the people around me? Who am I that you might use me to show kindness and peace and joy and love and mercy? Who am I that you would call me? You don't know what I've done. Maybe for some of you, there's a broken relationship that makes you feel as though you are unworthy or that your failure is final. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's a, it's a broken dream and you feel as though you have failed in that dream and that failure is final and there will never be another dream to fulfill. Or maybe for some of you, you've just gotten off track and you feel like there's nothing God could do with you or in you or through you because your failure is final. When we look at the life of Moses and see that he spent the next 40 years wandering the desert following sheep, it's clear to us that God often uses our desert experiences to prepare us for his greatest calling. Moses became a sheep herder. And who would think that 40 years of herding sheep would prepare him to be the leader of the nation of Israel. You can see this on your outline. Failure can't define us if we allow it to prepare us. Your failure can't define you if you allow it to prepare you for whatever it might be that is on the path next. So what desert are you in today that you're resenting? Listen, friend, that desert that you're in today is preparing you for whatever it might be next. God longs to leverage the desert times of our life to prepare us for what he has in store for us. Don't believe the lie that your failure is final. The second lie that fear of failure tries to feed us is this. Number two, I won't be enough. We think I'll never be good enough. I don't have what it takes Moses tries over and over to give God excuses for why he's not the guy. I'm not the guy, God. You got it wrong. It's not me. Find somebody else. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? But God answered, I will be with you. If you struggle with, with this lie that you'll never be enough, if, if you buy into that lie, it seems like the first question is always or almost always, what if? If you're staring down the barrel of a risk or a big move or, or uh, uh, something that is going to have an impact even for the kingdom of God, but you're, but you're staring in the face of fear, often our first question is, well, what if? What if they laugh? What if they reject me? What if I can't do what it is I've set out to do? What if I don't know enough? What if I don't know what to say? What if, what if, what if? God's response to Moses' what if question is this, I will be with you. <laughs> Listen, whatever risk it is that you are contemplating, and you're saying to yourself, yeah, but, but what if? What if it goes wrong? 
What if it doesn't go the way that I, I planned it? God said to Moses, and we can see God's faithfulness to Moses and trust in his faithfulness to us, I will be with you. And guess what? He'll be with you too. The final lie that feeds our failure is this. Number three, I need the approval of others. Fear of failure constantly asks this question, who's watching? If you're going to endeavor to do something that God has placed before you, if you're going to endeavor to do something that is a risk and takes you out of your comfort zone, fear makes us ask, who's watching? Who's going to see if I mess up? I don't think that we are as scared of failing as we are as other people perceiving us not to be successful. So often the approval and the opinion of others drives us, and, and we're not really fearful of failure, but we're fearful of not being successful enough for the people around us. Our desire to prove how successful we are will often cause us to fail at things that really matter. Some of you are, are running your wheels off. You're exhausted. You're, you're tired because your greatest fear is disappointing someone else in your life. And I'd love to have permission just to set you free from that today. Because yes, other people can make you feel bad. Yes, other people can put you down. But listen, other people don't have the power to determine who you are. Only God has that power. And just because you have failed or just because things haven't gone exactly the way you wanted them to go doesn't make you a failure. You need to be reminded today that God, your Father, loves you with an unconditional, everlasting love. And sure, you may fear, but the antidote to fear is trust in God. Do you trust him? Sure, you may trust him in the little things. That, that's easy. But do you trust him in the big things? Of course, we can, we can read history and learn that Moses did lead the people out of slavery in Egypt. Moses was the representative of God, the ambassador, if you will. It was God, though, who delivered his people. There are many layers to this story, but ultimately God's message to the people of Israel was, trust me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The antidote for fear is trust. Moses said to God, who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. We may ask, who am I to take a risk? Who, who am I to fight to save my marriage? Who, who am I to stand up for what I know is right? Who am I to make a difference for the kingdom of God? God answered. I will be with you. Fear of failure doesn't prevent us from failing. It robs us of the joy 
of living. So friends, may our faith in God overcome our fears. And may we live with joy and confidence of his presence in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the example that you give us in in the history books of your faithfulness to Moses and to the children of Israel. And I'm thankful for the example that we can look at and see that even though Moses was afraid to do what it was you had set before him to do, you assured him that you would be with him. Father, assure us today that whatever it is that we're facing, whether it's the, the, the healing of a relationship or the restoration of our finances or, or um, jumping off the edge into the unknown of starting a business or, or the beginning of a new relationship, whatever it may be, God, overcome our fear with faith. Help us to trust in you and give us the confidence that just as you said to Moses, you say to us, I will be with you. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. I hope that you have enjoyed the message that you've heard, and uh, I would love it if you would share it with someone else. Please please feel free to to like this message, uh, subscribe to our channel so that you can see all the messages that we put out. We would love for you uh, to join us online every week if you're not able to join us in person. We certainly would appreciate it if you would be willing to contribute to our ministry by giving. You can click on the give button on our webpage at nextlevelchurch.org slash give. Today, as we part ways, I want to leave with you again this verse from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So may you, as you go about your week, as you interact with those around you, and as you face the challenges and the fears that life brings to you, may your faith overcome the fear. May you trust in God and know that he will lead you down his path. Thanks for joining us today. God bless.